But if you don't teach yourself and discipline yourself to get into the word, reading it, there's something so powerful about you reading in a physical book. If you don't have a physical book, don't limit yourself to not utilizing technology and getting yourself an app. But I do highly recommend that you get yourself a Bible. Just start with Genesis, page one, chapter one, book one. Why? Because you're going to have to create the space for the Holy Spirit to work in you. Welcome to She is Risen, the podcast, where the woman new or mature to her faith can come to learn, decompress, and heal the anxiety keeping her from living a deeper, connected, meaningful, and purpose-led life. I'm your host, Riley June, cognitive behavioral therapist and woman of God. Six years ago, I was riddled with anxiety, lost in New Age practices, and I've been blessed to be saved and go on to help thousands of others heal their anxiety and deepen their relationship with Christ. You are not alone. I am here to help. Tune in for the weekly therapy your soul has been praying for. Hello, beautiful souls. I am so excited to dig in to week three with you today. Here's why I'm most excited about today's today's training. <clears throat> this is not going to be a busting your butt, get to your discipline, clean up your life kind of speech or training or experience that you would typically hear when it comes to building better habits designed around your life and what's to come. And the reason that today's training is not going to be about that, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about that because realistically, there are things that you know you need to do that you haven't done yet. But instead of dumping more anxiety and more shame and more pain and more blame upon yourself for the things that you haven't done, but you know you need to do that you just haven't done yet, we're going to lead with Jesus. And here's why. You have come into this experience of being afforded the open eyes, being afforded the ability to become awake to the deception and the lies of this world. And within that, you have found Jesus. You have found the truth, the light, and the way. And most importantly, most importantly, through grace alone, through faith alone, you are saved. And yes, the Bible has tons of literature. I'm not dismissing the fact there's tons of literature throughout the Bible that walks us down the path of what it looks like to become more Christ-like, to become better in ourselves, so that we're not focusing on the pain and the shame and the doubt and the guilt of what we're not doing, but instead we're focusing on what Christ has done for us and elevating our generosity and elevating our capacity to love, and elevating our ability to find acceptance in the moment, and elevating an opportunity, every opportunity, every moment is an opportunity to keep our eyes on him. Now, why is that important? And how does that connect with habit building? The more your eyes are fixated on Jesus, the less your, your ears and your mind is fixated on the voice of the enemy in your head. Now, you might find yourself in this conscious battle often. I was driving um, home. I was like, I had this specific plan that I was going to attain this afternoon between homeschooling and my schooling and getting some assignments done. 
finishing up some work stuff, getting in the car, bringing the kids, doing some errands, going grocery shopping at Costco, which like that's its own jungle and getting in the car and coming back home and unloading everything, having a bite for dinner and then getting on this call with you guys tonight. I had this very specific plan. And as I was doing all those things, I was constantly checking the time. Like, okay, it's three, it's 3.58. Okay, so I can, you know, I can get here and it'll hopefully the lineup will be this. And then when I get through this, I'm just rip through here and I'm mapping this out consistently in my head. <clears throat> and if you are starting to recognize already from the story that there is this anxious sensation behind the way that my thoughts were going and where my focus was. And in the midst of checking the time yet again at 4.15, even though I had already checked it like 16 times before that, (laughs) I realized that I wasn't focused on Jesus. And I realized in that moment when I realized that I wasn't focused on Jesus, that I was listening to the voice of the enemy. Because whether or not I needed to cut my Costco trip short or sit at a red light longer, or send out an email that says, hey guys, I'm stuck in traffic. I'm so sorry. I'll be there when I get there. God already planned and destined exactly how this call was meant to go tonight. Typically, I get myself ready before I jump on these calls, before I train, before I help guide you guys through a thing, because I also want you to understand that there is such a beauty and an empowerment piece that comes with showing up for yourself in a presentable way. But tonight, as we're talking about building better habits designed around you and what's to come, the number one thing that we have to start allowing ourselves to recognize is that Jesus calls us as we are in the moment, wherever you're at. He doesn't need you to, and we got to be careful about these, these statements. When I get my house cleaned, I'll feel better. When dinner is finally ready and everything is done for the day and the kids are in bed, I will feel better. When all these tedious tasks are finally complete or the files are done and filed and put away and stored and everything's organized, I will finally be at peace. When I finally pay off that debt, I will be at peace. When I finally just finish out this season, this end of this year, I will finally make time to exercise and motivate myself and be more on top of it. This next year is going to be the year to come. I just have to get through this one first. But here's what Jesus calls us to do, is to come to him as we are. So instead of allowing ourselves to fixate on the voice of the enemy in our head, telling us this laundry list of things that we know we need to do that we haven't done yet, that We always focus on not doing. We don't clean these things up because our focus is in the wrong place. It really is that simple. And now why is it that simple? But yet, why is it also so complicated? It's so simple because God calls us to the word above anything else. If you sit in your mind most days and you're running on loops of when I get this done, when they finally listen, when this thing is complete, when this thing is done, when I get over here, when I complete this, when I do that, when I have more money, when I have this, if you find yourself sitting in your head saying these things often throughout the day, you don't have a habit built in Jesus. And I'm not dismissing the fact that our brains do that, right? I'm not trying to stuff down or to avoid 
the understanding that our heads do that. My head did that all day today. But here's what the enemy cannot do. Here's what the enemy cannot do when you continue to put your focus on Jesus. The enemy cannot continue to persuade you to look at the anxiety and to feel more anxiety and to keep yourself trapped in these when eyes or when they or when he or when she. When they finally say sorry, then I'll be at peace. I'll finally be able to let go of my resentment. When she finally understands what she's done or he's done, I will finally be able to find myself again. When we allow ourselves to get up, caught up in these one eyes, and when we're constantly not bringing ourselves back to Jesus, all of these other things in your life do not get done. Because it is a never-ending cycle of one eye. And you know what's even more incredible about that? Is it all stems from a poverty mindset. All of it stems from a poverty mindset. What is a poverty mindset? Poverty mindset is a mindset that is always focused on lack. Never enough. And so I'm never enough because I still have all this to do. I'm not good enough because I haven't done this yet. I'm not worthy enough because I haven't cleaned up this area of my life that I know that the gospel calls me to. Jesus calls you to come to him as you are and submit every single day. So how many of you, how many of you do you often find yourself in contention, in constant disagreements and this back and forth between, okay, I'm going to do this. Okay. But breathe. Here we are. Okay. I'm going to do this. Okay. But wait presence. Here we are. Okay. I'm over here, but I know I got, I'm going to affirm I'm beautiful. I'm positive. I'm happy. I'm glorious. I'm doing my best that I possibly can. And then not even five minutes later, you're back over here and you're running around your house or you're running around the day or you're running around the city, right? The poverty mindset is the the spirit of poverty and the spirit of poverty is constantly pulling you and persuading you to be in lack. That is the enemy's work. And now some of you might be having a moment where you're like, oh, shit, what do I do about this? And here's what I'm going to offer to you. Above and beyond anything that you do, before you try and get rid of your anger, or send forgiveness to whoever, or fix your binging habits, or kick your addictions, or cancel your Netflix subscription, or put away the drinks, or quit smoking weed, or stopping arguing with whoever, even yourself. The number one habit, the number one habit that you need to make time for as a non-negotiable is getting in the word. Because the word is your oxygen. It is the standard greater than your own. It is the understanding that surpasses, is the peace that passes all understanding. And it's going to help you to be convicted in no longer looking at everything from the lens of the poverty spirit, but instead looking from the lens with the Holy Spirit's conviction, looking through the lens and the focus of Jesus on your heart, not just in your mouth. Right? It's easy to say, I love Jesus. I come to Jesus, 
I submit to Jesus. I trust in Jesus. I trust in what he did. Wow, that is so incredible. I can't believe someone loved me so deeply and dearly that God loved me so deeply and dearly to send his son to suffer the most unimaginable death, the tragedy, only for it all to be finished with him. It's so easy to say that. It's another thing to believe it and feel it and breathe it. And if we are going to live a better life, if we're going to look past this life into the life that we are headed towards, that God promises us a salvation, his kingdom, we got to start breathing in the oxygen of the word. Right? The thief on the cross was never baptized. The thief on the cross <clears throat> never knew who Jesus was a day in his life. And at the moments of his impending death, he chose to trust in Jesus and was accepted into heaven. I want you to be reminded today that building better habits starts with the one most important habit of them all, getting into the word. Because you can go through this program and you can go through many other programs, coaching programs, therapists, masterminds one-on-one -on -one coaching, all the things. You can read all the books. But if you don't teach yourself and discipline yourself to get into the word, reading it, there's something so powerful about you reading in a physical book. If you don't have a physical book, don't limit yourself to not utilizing technology and getting yourself an app. But I do highly recommend that you get yourself a Bible. Just start with Genesis, page one, chapter one, book one. Why? Because you're going to have to create the space for the Holy Spirit to work in you. I hope at this point you are feeling like you can do it. <laughs> I hope you are feeling like you are worthy just right as you are. The whole thing about the Destiny Moment program is coming to peace, coming to serenity with where you are. Not because you're perfect. Not because you're never going to make another mistake. Not because you all of a sudden got it all figured out and we're going to affirm our way pridefully into some identity or idea of who we are. Let's stop faking it. Let's put the walls down. Let's just put our focus in the right place. Because here's the thing. If you have to work to build your confidence, like actively work to build confidence. So wear makeup, dress better. You have to sail your affirmations. You're already working from the spirit of poverty because you're doing so from a place of, I don't have this. I don't have confidence. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not beautiful enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. So I need to affirm it. I need to dress it. I need to wear it. You be it. You exuberate it. You are it. When your focus is in the right place. If you take anything away from tonight, I really hope it's that. Okay. Discipline. What does your discipline look like? Where is your arrow in life pointing? And what are you disciplining yourself for? So here is something. Here's my like partial caveat. Okay. Yes. Always above everything else. Our focus needs to be in Jesus. And that needs to be the first place that you build your habit is in the word. That is a non-negotiable. With that, what is something you want to strive for? Okay. As human beings, we are achievement based and we're not going to dismiss that nature by just pretending like it doesn't exist because you know what that also does is it takes 
or sorry, it gives the enemy more fuel to keep persuading you into doing all these other things. I worked on becoming a present patient mom and my discipline was in the Bible first. I spent three months, literally almost every single day, not every day, almost every single day, putting my focus in creating that discipline. Then I wanted to do something with that. I felt excited. I was alive. I was grateful. I felt embodied. I was working on this. It has not been something that I've quit doing. That is my priority and focus above all else every day anyways. And I wanted to do something with it. The generosity came in. The excitement came in. The um, the fulfillment came in. So I wanted to fulfill something in my life. And so I worked on my health. Yours might be something else. Do you want to become more financially structured? Do you want to work more on decluttering the chaos? Do you want to work on communicating more? Do you want to start a project? Do you want to put your life and your work into something like, what is that follow-up, right? Where do you want the Holy Spirit to work first? Where do you want your focus in Jesus to help you in other areas of your life? Just because you come to Jesus doesn't mean you can't say, hey, Jesus, I want you to help me clean up this area of my life. I want you to help me to become dependable and stable and clean and decluttered. Great. That's a great place to focus. So let's work on that now. So what? So where is your arrow in life pointing? That's important. One place, one focus. Okay. What are you disciplining yourself for? Obviously for the betterment of you being a servant, being a servant to Jesus. What a gift. Wow. Like I could only, if that's, If that is all I ever am, that is amazing. And I have a family and I have a business and I have an education that I am pursuing. And so my discipline is also in time management. It's also in health. So I have the energy and I have the capability to keep up to all these things. And that is so important. So don't just disregard the things that you want to strive for in life. First, put your priority and focus in one place. Work on that for four to eight to 12 weeks. And when you feel like you have that down, don't give up on it, but bring in something as well. Okay. And then objections. Okay. I'm going to leave you with this story. I love this one. This is like one of my favorite, one of my most favorite stories um, in the Bible. Um, and I had originally put where it was, it's in Matthew and I think it's in chapter, I want to say 28, but I'm pretty sure I'm wrong. Yeah, I didn't put it anyways. Um, or 23, 15. Yep. Okay. Matthew 15, 23 to 27. There we go. So this particular, um, story in the Bible is when the disciples of Jesus, they get in a boat. So Jesus comes in storms. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds in the sea, and there was a great calm. And the man marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even winds and sea obey him? Right? We already talked about this. Where are you fixated with the spirit of poverty, in your pride, 
thinking that you're doomed or you're destined for failure or everything's always going to be a jumbled mess or that it's never going to work out or that there's not a greater plan. And yet Jesus says in the middle of them frantically panicking over what seems like an impending death, they wake him up. They are so scared. And he says, why are you afraid? Oh, ye of little faith. And it's such a beautiful reminder because right now there is a storm in your life and you're focused on it and you're afraid and you don't have your faith. So let's get our focus right. Let's get our priorities right because he did this for you so you can have that peace. So you can slouch down and just be at ease. And that is what I want for you. Okay. What objections are standing in your way from trusting the path God has set out to you before? Look at what the enemy is saying. Is it is the enemy in your head, the voice in your head saying you don't have enough time? They're going to judge you. They're not going to accept you. They're not going to like that. They're going to leave you. If you have wounds of abandonment or rejection, that's going to be a really hard one for you. They're going to leave you. They're not going to believe you. They're going to rebuke you. Or is it your thoughts? You can't do it. You're not capable enough. You're not worthy enough. You're not good enough. Is it others' opinions? Are you worried about judgment from extended um, friends or coworkers? Is it a money objection? You don't have enough money. Guess what? You have a phone, you have more than enough money to get the free Bible app. What objections are the enemy utilizing right now in your life to stand in your way of getting in the word, putting your focus in the right place and building better habits around the life that you live right now today? Because what's to come for you, even in this life, is amazing things. And you'll start to realize you already have so many amazing things already existing around you. You'll stop worrying about what other people did to you. Your story will no longer be one of pain and suffering, but one of conviction and truth and gladness. I used to tell the story, and sometimes I do, of my husband when he was dying and when Jesus saved him by a miracle in the um, hospital one day. I used to tell that story because it came from deep sorrow. Now I tell that story with great gladness and my eyes well up with tears because I'm so happy that God was such a beautiful, loving, miraculous God to save him in that moment. Not even for me and my family and my kids, but just that he loved him so much that he created that experience for him, that that was in his destiny for him. And not everybody gets a health miracle. I know some people right now who are suffering from chronic pain and they have no answers. But whatever it is, whatever that pain and suffering that is in your life, whatever objection that is existing in your life, it makes me think of Job, where the devil couldn't get to him. There was a hedge around him of protection, and God had to take it down and say, okay, try. And he stripped him of his family and his money and his um, farm and his job and his goodwill, and he took away his appearance. He put boils all over him. And even in the moments of the deepest of despair, Job still had faith. So what objections are you allowing to stand in your way? Where is your focus going right now to fixate on your suffering versus on the gladness of what Jesus did? Because in perspective, anxiety and gratitude cannot exist on the same at the same time. It 
it literally will not work in your mind. You are either anxious or you are grateful. And one of them sometimes has to be conditioned, (laughs) right? So, okay, what are you working towards? What do you want to accomplish? All other things cannot happen without roots, okay? So choose something, right? Right, get your focus and priority, obviously in the right place. We've already said this enough. And pick something for yourself to work towards. Maybe it's just decluttering your home. Maybe it's being a present patient mom. Maybe it's loving on your husband more. Maybe it's putting yourself out there more to make connections, to allow yourself to love and be loved again. Some of you are operating in the spirit of poverty and it's stripping you of love. It's stripping you of being loved and feeling loved and feeling worthy of love and giving love. And so you are impatient and you are anxious and you are constantly worried about time and money and health and all these other things. And you're missing out on love. When your focus is in the right place, you finally feel that love. We can only love to the extent that we love ourselves. A year from now, you wish you will wish you have started today. So after this, as you get crawl into your bed, if you're not already there listening, go and put on the Bible app and let it read to you. Or go and open your Bible in bed instead of sitting there watching Netflix again even for five, 10 minutes and just get into the work. Start today because every day you will have to choose because every day the enemy will attack you. Okay. Um, Yes. Change only comes from a changed heart. So um, you can sit in contemplation for some of these questions. What are you wanting change? Um, Are you wanting change without doing the work? That's a really good one. Are you praying and hoping for answers without doing the work? Are you finding yourself in contention without doing proper assessments? So you're finding yourself in constant disagreement in your head. You're constantly on yourself, but you're not doing the assessments we talked about in the beginning, right? Are you praying and hoping for changes and answers, but you're not actually spending time in the Bible? You're not actually calling up a family member to be the first one to say, hey, I won't forgive you. Are you wanting change without doing the work? Do you want to? lose weight, do better, be a more present patient mom, but you're not getting the word. You're not going for the walk. You're not even just incorporating a little bit more vegetables in your day, right? These people draw near to near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in vain, there's that pride. They worship me, teaching as doctrines, the commandments of men. That's really powerful. And I want to end this with you because Jesus tells us, he tells us, he knows, he knows what you're doing. He knows what I was doing. He knows what I did. He knows what I've done. He knows what you've done. He knows God knows. So why are we running? Why are we running? Let's stop running. So I'm going to close it off with this. Let's make a pack together to stop running, to stop hiding because he already knows it all. Anyways, get in the word. And if you're feeling like the word isn't solving your problems, it's because your focus isn't on Jesus. And I know it sounds easier said than done, but read the word a little bit longer or a few more times throughout the day or play it in your car when you're driving so that certain words can start jumping out at you. And be open and receptive to change, to love, to knowing and trusting in at the very least who he is and what he did for you. Because he loves you. All right. That's going to close off today. 
Um, I was going to go into a little bit of reflection from last week, but um, next week we're going to kick this off with being confident in the Lord. We're going to talk about forgiveness, resentment, and anger and uh, how that accesses greater potential. So um, it's going to be a lot shorter. It really is going to be a, a build off of this week, but it's going to be a powerful reminder. So um, prepare for 25, 30 minutes next week. And uh, I can't wait to hear your takeaways from today's lesson. So comment your biggest takeaway in the box below. I want to hear what it is that you took away most and what is something that you feel really convicted on right now. Let's be open. Let's be honest with ourselves. The public doesn't see this. Only those in this program. These are your sisters. Um, I am here to support you as well. So if you need any additional support, make sure to jump in our Voxer chat and community. Uh, make sure to reach out to me even personally. I am always here to support you. All right. I love you guys. I hope you have a wonderful evening. You are beautiful. You are loved and you are worthy through grace alone, through faith alone. You are saved. It is done. All right. Have a wonderful night. I hope you enjoyed this episode and found the faith and encouragement you needed to rise up and conquer. I am on a mission to impact 500,000 women with this work and I need your help to do it. If you could leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, I will be forever grateful. Remember, Jesus is the only name that can conquer all darkness, and it is up to you to choose him daily so that you can live a purpose-filled, Holy Spirit-led life too.